Welcome to Unraveling Pink, a podcast tackling gender-based assumptions or pink bandana moments at work. I'm Annie Rogaski. Earlier this year, I reached out to my network of women. I wanted to collect stories, anonymous or not, of gender discrimination experienced in the workplace. I wanted to share these stories on Unraveling Pink. This call for stories followed decades of hearing stories of women mistreated at work, women asking other women for help, wondering how to navigate what happened, wondering where to turn. The most common answer I heard, don't report it. Your company won't help you. Your professional reputation will be ruined. Start looking for a new job now and move on as soon as you can. As a legal professional, I was devastated that the consensus among women was that the legal process in companies and our courts were of no help. I thought perhaps I could shed some light on this issue through shared stories. So I posted my call for stories and I waited and I waited. The total number of responses I received, zero. Now some people, those who believe there isn't really a problem, might think this is because there were no stories to tell. But I've heard many, many stories when women gather together. They are far too common. The reason for my lack of responses was not surprising. It was the same reason women don't report harassment and discrimination to their workplaces. They didn't think their stories would be believed or would make a difference and they weren't willing to put themselves at risk for no gain. Recently, we've witnessed an avalanche of hashtag MeToo stories. If you don't know what I'm talking about, search Twitter for the hashtag MeToo, M-E-T-O-O, settle in for a long read, and read until you can't take it any longer. The stories are endless, they are important, and they are the tip of the iceberg. Since Me Too has been trending, I've had more conversations with women and now also with men about the topic of gender discrimination, sexual assault and harassment, and gender bias generally. For women, these stories are nothing new, but the men, they're shocked by what they read, surprised by the extent of it. They wanna talk about it, how horrible it is, and explore what they can do. And this is great. I'll share some suggestions for what to do later in this podcast. But first, I wanna talk a little bit about the shock and surprise that men are experiencing. I suspect my frustration and other women's frustration with the sentiment bears some similarities to the black community's reaction to recently woke white people who are shocked and horrified by the pervasiveness of racial violence, inequity, and mistreatment in our country. This is a part of life for the black community And the hashtag MeToo revelations are a part of life for women that we've always lived with and struggled against. It's great that the majority group is joining our shock and horror at what occurs, but it's important to recognize that these issues are not new just because they are rising to the top of our social media feeds. They have existed for a long time. I said the hashtag MeToo stories are the tip of the iceberg because they are. Women almost universally have experienced physical or verbal abuse or unwanted attention or untold numbers of microaggressions every day in their workplaces. Let that sink in. For our male listeners, those who don't have their own Me Too stories, imagine if just going to work meant for you that you would need to protect and defend yourself against your coworkers. What would your workday look like? What if you had to adjust your path to the bathroom or the break room to avoid running into him? 
What if your one-on-one with your boss made you uncomfortable every single week? Think about the psychological and physical impacts of experiencing that every single day. And what would you look like to your coworkers? Would you appear to have what some call resting bitch face, just to keep the creeps at bay? Would you seem standoffish, or would people think you were not a team player because you didn't want to be alone behind closed doors with your teammate? How would this affect your performance, your friendships at work? Would you go to those happy hours after work where your coworkers would be drinking and become less inhibited? Where he might get drunk and hit on you or touch you? How would you adjust your work habits? What about when you travel for work with coworkers? How would you protect yourself? What a privilege to not even have to consider these questions. Many women think about these questions and more on a monthly or weekly or daily basis and it takes its toll. It's not just obvious sexual abuse or harassment, but the other indignities that happen on a daily basis throughout our workplaces. It's a lack of respect for women. So if you accept that hashtag me too is the tip of the iceberg for Hollywood, as well as Silicon Valley and every workplace in the country for actors, politicians, athletes, engineers, lawyers, marketers, the list goes on. Where do we go from here? From the pain of the stories shared by survivors, some good must come. Awareness is the first step, so we're already on our way thanks to the social media posts and articles and lawsuits that so many survivors had the courage to share with us. And we know that there are many more stories not shared. Now we need to take actions in our offices and industries to stop this. Some of you are already speaking up and stopping inappropriate conduct. Others are ready and willing to do this, but are not sure how to speak up. So I offer you seven tips. Number one, pay attention. Comments are made every day. Physical contact happens throughout our offices. Is it appropriate? Is it welcome? Notice what's happening around you. Be aware and consider the body language you see from those around you. Pay attention. Number two, check in. If you hear comments or see what appears to be uncomfortable contact or interactions, but you're not sure, or it doesn't feel right at the moment to call it out, check in with the recipient to see if she or he is okay. Was that unwelcome? Offer an ear if she wants to talk. Respect her decision if she doesn't want to talk. Don't force it. Check in. Number three, speak up. If something is said that you know is improper, say something right after it was said with the same group of people who heard the improper comment, especially if you are a leader. Make it clear that the comment was not okay. Later, pull the speaker aside and reinforce that message and check in with the person who might have been the unwelcome recipient of the comment. Ask if she's okay. Ask if there was a better way you could have handled it or something more you could do in that situation. Speak up. Number four, shut down groupthink. When inappropriate comments or jokes are made about women in all male groups, shut it down. Don't laugh along or be silent. That won't stop it. Make it clear that it's not okay. Find a way that works for you. Sometimes humor helps if it diffuses the situation enough to be clear about what was inappropriate, but not if the humor makes light of the situation. Shut down group think. Number five, be strong. It's not easy to speak out, but it makes a difference. Be strong. 
Number six, listen and believe. If someone confides in you an experience of harassment or discrimination, hear them out. Believe that if they are taking such a risk of saying this out loud, particularly in the Harvey Weinstein world, it must be serious. And remember, this is not something that happens to women. This is something that someone, usually a man, does to women. The actor is the problem here, not the person reporting it. Listen and believe. And finally, number seven, practice empathy. This can solve virtually any problem we have, but it is particularly important for ensuring that those who are targets of harassing conduct don't suffer twice. Practice empathy. This is just one list. There are many suggestions being offered by many others. I've put links in the show notes to a lot of great articles. Check those out. And don't forget to evaluate how you show up at work. A little introspection never hurt. A good place to start is the Esquire article, 57 Things I Need You to Stop Doing to the Women You Work With by Caitlin Menza. It's a worthwhile read and will give you a sense of the daily micro and other offenses women hear every day and is a fantastic guide to how to not be one of those guys. It's time for change. We need to move beyond our Me Too history and embrace workplaces that are not toxic for women. I invite you to join me in this episode's challenge to pick at least one of these seven tips and put it into practice. Not once, but every day. Just as women enter their offices, mindful of the actions they need to take to protect themselves, men and women, please enter your offices mindful of the actions you can take to create a safer work environment for your colleagues. If this seems like a lot to take in, just remember The Rock Test by Anne Victoria Clark in a hack for men who don't want to be accused of sexual harassment. Just imagine your female coworkers look like Dwayne The Rock Johnson and adjust your behavior accordingly. Together, we can turn hashtag me too into change. <laughs>